Hello and welcome to this month's episode of the RFA Client Hot Seat. Today I'm joined by Ben Blundell, who's actually came up all the way from England to record this um, podcast with us, so very grateful for having you come up. So this is podcast, if you haven't already watched the previous ones that we've done, is a chance for us to sit down with a client inside Ready for Anything and give them a bit of recognition for where they're at and their journey that they've been on with us and just let them sit down, chat, chat to us about what they've been doing, what the journey's been like for them and the challenges that they've faced as well. So we'll get right stuck into it. So welcome to the podcast, Ben. Thanks for inviting me up. No, thank you for coming on. This is obviously the first time you've done something like this as well. So Yeah, exciting. Exciting, man. Yeah. Exciting. So we'll jump straight into it. Take us back to when you first started Ready for Anything. What was that, May, April last yeah, year? Yeah, so yeah, I think it was, it would have been April, mm-hmm. back end of April. Um, I was going, well, do you want me to go into why, why I started, started and why? Yeah, go. Well, well, where were you at that point in, in your life? What, give us a, a little bit of an insight. Yeah, so I've been coaching online for about just short of a year and I was sort of happy with my progress and things like that but it was in a point in my life where it was sort of getting stagnant wasn't really getting the development that I wanted so it's a case of let's let's just push push things a little bit further I knew Christian um from about five years prior to that um being in the military um we, we had a few chats since I'd started coaching got in touch with him and he, uh, he's, he's always good with his voice notes back. Um, and I, I basically said, yeah, let's, let, well, he wanted to get on a call and so did I get started. My intention was, I want to I be a beast. That's what that's what I said. My, what I portrayed as a beast was something that was just like a big lad and things like that. Whereas what I've come to find out is it's not, it's not, all, it's not all about that. But that was, that was the first intention. That's why, that's why I wanted to sign up. I wanted to become something better and that's that's what I've done, but just in different ways than what what I thought. But that was that was the main sort of fire inside me. I, was, I just wanted to be I wanted to be better. And in my head, I was like, I want to be a beast. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think as well when you came in, it's not like you were in a bad spot. Nah. You were in a really good. You were still in a really good spot by most people's standards. But I think it's fair to say as well that you knew you were capable of more. That, yeah. That's probably the, the big one. Is that for, throughout my life, I always I always feel like when I come to a point. And I just feel like the progression is not there. That's when I, I feel at my worst. Mm. I just feel like I, I, like I always want to be progressing. And I know at that point, I was like, I, I know I was, I've got so much more in me that I'm not um, putting out there at the moment. Or I'm not doing enough. Um, even though to people looking at me and thinking, yeah, he's, he's doing a lot. I just knew deep down that that progression wasn't happening. And for me to really progress further, I needed to step up, step outside the box and start doing stuff that I haven't previously done. That's normally the, the way that things work is when you start doing things that you don't do now, that's that's how you become better. There's no way of becoming better if you just do the same thing over and over again. So I was like, that's that's the point I was at. I was like, yeah, I mean, I'm doing well, but to do better, I need to do something that's mm-hmm. different. So Yeah, 100%. Yeah. I think that's one of the things when it comes to progress is that people don't realise that you actually have to step out of the comfort zone because you can get you can get stuck in that point where you feel like you are making progress but yeah. you're not. You're, you're still doing the same things that got you to where you are now but mm-hmm. they're not going to necessarily be the things that get you further than that. Yeah, exactly. Before you started RFA as well, what was like your kind of fitness journey like? So fitness-wise, so I would say when I was about 18, 19, 
well, we'll go back even to when I was a kid. I've always loved sports. I've always been out, outdoors. So I was actually quite fit as a, as a young lad. Joined up in the military and I was, I was the fittest within my intake. Um, and I, I like maintained that level of fitness and I was good all, all around fitness wise. And then um, I knew that I was just skinny. So I was like, that's what that, that just became my focus. Like hit the gym, hit the weights and try and become bigger. And for about eight years, I sort of like put off running completely and things like that even though that was my strength that was what was really good at I was known for being like insanely fit um and then didn't really succeed at putting on muscle mass because I didn't really understand it enough but I've had a lot of trial and error and things like that um and it was only until I became a coach myself that I really put in that work strategically and in a correct sort of way or in a in a better way that was actually aimed towards something rather than just Mm-hmm. trying and do, seeing what happens um and then i would say even then i didn't really get back into like, the fitness side of things it was just the weights and then obviously when i started rfa that's when i really got back into the the running side of things over the last last year um but i would say it was about eight years without doing like actual intentional running yeah. it would have been like playing football um do you enjoy running i, I love it yeah. you always loved it yeah and that's, that's for eight years. Yeah, that's mental, man. Like, yeah. I think there's like, when it comes to running, people I think have like the love-hate relationship. There's some people that just hate it. Yeah. But get into it and then end up loving it. But there's other people that just have always loved it. Yeah, it's, it's one like, I, I preferred sort of like the 5K, 10K sort of distance. Um, anything over that, I just thought, not that I didn't love it. I just, yeah, I always I always get the impression if you, you run, you're going to be skinny. And that's, that's what it was like a big, eight year block out for me mentally was that oh, you're going to be running longer than like 10k or something because I always look at the people you see on TV the people that are running long distances I, I didn't want to look like that but it's only like now I've sort of like reshaped my mind around that that you can you can still run really quick it's like it doesn't have to be an Olympic gold medal standard um, but I can still be really really quick and to be in a better muscular shape is also what I want so it's like I can I can do both um, and that's something that throughout my life is I've always been decent at, at pretty much everything, but never really good at particular one thing, which is then it's like, well, why don't I just do that with my training? It's like you enjoy pretty much everything to do with fitness and sports. Um, so it is, it is a thing that you can be good at, a major, like the majority of things and progress to a decent standard in all of them. I think that so. holds a lot of people back. And when they have this kind of black and white level of thinking where, I can only do weights and if I start doing running it'll like yeah. lose my gains and I won't be as big but you'll actually become a better athlete yeah. combining the two and you when you actually start doing strength and conditioning yeah. you'll, you'll find that you end up in better shape you'll, you're leaner you're able probably to run further mm-hmm. and you just become fitter as well that's one of the things that I've certainly noticed as well since starting to the kind of hybrid style of training yeah. you definitely become fitter faster and, and stronger as well throughout that mm-hmm but like you hit the nail on that, it's like you just feel like that, especially with running, that that's going to affect the muscle game, but it enhances it. It's, it's weird how it does it, but it, it does. And I think it's all the mental side. That's the one thing that's been massive over the last year, progression-wise. Like, yes, I got in a, probably the best shape I've ever been in, Well, it is the best shape I've ever been in. But the mentality and the mindset over this last year has absolutely gone through the roof. It's something that I didn't expect. And it's like... I think we spoke about this earlier. We've been chatting for like quite a while before this even podcast got started, but 
when you want to get to a certain level and the higher level and things that you want to get to, the more challenges that occur to get you to that point. And there are always, there are always points that you can just plateau and not make progress because something challenging comes up or a bad point comes up and you go, yeah, I'm not, I'm not ready to progress. But the more you want to progress, the higher level you want to get to, and that's in every th single aspect of life, you're going to hit a point that is going to teach you something to get to that next level, or you can just choose to not progress and be at the same level. Um, and that's what like the, the last year has been, especially with the mindset. And once that mindset comes, that's why I always say you focus on that the mindset first, then your fitness just goes through the roof, and you just know that you can just keep progressing because it's all, all relevant. <laughs> Whether that's fitness and life, it's... It's, you're training for the same thing. You're training your brain. You're training your mind. Saying how how do I react to a situation that's say conditioning session absolutely nails. It's, but you keep going and there's that that positive self talk that I, I speak about quite a lot. Is that a, a big training point for me? Is how do I speak to myself during these sessions? And I, I, I know I was telling you about the, the wave that I sort of get from the back of my head come down to my arms when I go through this moment and I go I can just keep going now for, forever. And it's like. A calmness then comes into my life that when a challenge comes up, that I just remain calm. And again, it's only because I've shifted how I think about a fitness session um, that that sort of happens. The mindset's massive. Do you think these lessons that you've learned from the way you've been training have then transferred over into other areas of your life as well? Oh, absolutely. So, like I said, I've been in the military. I've been in the military for 10 years and coaching for the last but almost two years now, it's I got to a point where I'm feeling confident enough to go, I need to make this change. My focus has been on like fulfillment in life rather than security of, of a job and things like that. And I can't, well, it, it all comes hand in hand. So it's a case of, yeah, the fitness and everything's come and the mindset's changed. It's like, this, this is the end for this part of the journey with the military. Um, the security side of things, it's like now I'm, looking at different areas in my life. I'm like, what does, what do I want my life to be like? What, how do I want to live? It's like, yeah, it's easy. Just earning a secure income in a secure job that could like during the pandemic was a big sort of eye opener for this was that it was such a secure job that I was never going to lose my job when loads of people were losing their jobs. But then I came out of it and I wanted to, <laughs> to leave that job now. Um, and I go full, full time in coaching without, this last year and being in RFA 100%, I would not believe in my job now to go full in as a coach. But again, it's because of how much development I've done within the mindset and mentality and just the deep digging into who I am as a person is what do, what do I want from my life and where do I want it to go? And so yeah, I've quit, quit my job and I'll leave in May to coach full time. That's exciting, man. Yeah. That's a massive step for you as well. And especially leaving that security that you've got and especially there's a lot of pushback you can get from people around you, people who care for you when they can say things like, what are you doing giving up this security? But I think as well, you have to realise nowadays that people are optimising for lifestyle mm. a lot of the time rather than optimising for job security or money from their job. They're, they're actually thinking about how do I actually want to live my life rather than just getting up, going to work nine to five and being kind of stuck in that pattern of... Yeah doing going through the kind of motions and it's almost like if you're the main character in a story what would you want them to do would mm -hmm. you want them to stay like in the position they're in or would you want them to go and take that risk and actually find out what they're capable of mm -hmm. and then be able to look back and go oh, do you know what 
that was worth it. Yeah. Like, even though it is going to be tough. And I, that's another thing as well. Like, I, th I, I think people, they, all, they know it's going to be tough, but sometimes that kind of puts them off, I yeah. think. Even though they know there's going to be hard times. And I think you have to come to terms with that and say, okay, I'm ready to go through all that and experience it. And I'm ready to learn because most importantly, that's what you're going to do throughout this mm -hmm. whole process as well. Yeah. yeah, it's exciting, man. I'm really excited to see what the future holds. And obviously being a, a big part of your journey and actually seeing you progress out over the last year has been really exciting. So mm -hmm. buzzing for that. What has been your biggest accomplishment since you began working with us? So we spoke about this before Christmas and um, like you mentioned, and I, I couldn't really put like a, I couldn't pick something. It was like, well, I did, I did high rocks and I sort of, yeah, I got a decent, decent. I, I completed it, so I got a time. But in my head, it was like, yeah, well, that was a real accomplishment. And I, I sort of was a bit harsh on myself. But then what came out of that for like that sort of period was for like four weeks, I was ill. For, I think it was like we, we sort of discussed and it was like pretty sure it's like burnout. So I came in, but again, from all like challenges and things that are bad, come an opportunity to learn about yourself. And from that four weeks, I dug into again, who I am as a person and constantly trying to think, right, how, how can I be better men mentally then? How can I improve my mentality? And I think my biggest accomplishment is that I've sort of taken my time to do that and actually figure out who I am. I think in a world that's just so fast paced that no one has, has a clue about what actually what they want because they don't slow things down, they just spend time with their own thoughts and dig into themselves. So although there's a lot happened like I say, with my performance, my transformations and things like that could be massive successes and um, biggest accomplishments. But me digging into myself is something I've never done. It's just been a constant 100 mile an hour just since I left home at 19 to join the military. It's just been 100 mile an hour. Whereas now it's, it's a point of slowing things down a little bit, even though it's like zone two runs. It's like you slow yourself down to become better. And it's like you have to do that with yourself. So my biggest accomplishment is just realizing to sl just slow myself down and spend time with my thoughts and actually figuring out what, what do I want from my life and how do I grow that, that side of my life. I love that, man. And it can be so easy here for you to say, oh, it's completing high rocks or it's a yeah. physical achievement, but this just goes to show you as well that there's so much to the mental side mm. of things and your mental performance. And that's a lot of... A lot of, recently we've been having a kind of conversation with different people and saying things to them like what are you doing to work in your mindset at the minute yeah you're turning up for training you're putting in 110% but what are you actually doing outside of that to work on your mindset because mm. people shy away from that because it is scary and hard as well and you can come up against things and find out things about yourself that you're maybe surprised about and or maybe don't even want to see as well and it can be quite <clears throat> unnerving yeah, but actually taking the time to do that is is going to benefit you in the long run as well, not just mentally but obviously physically as well as mm -hmm. well as you see from your own performance, which is exciting, man. Yeah. It's pure good to see you going through that change as well because you can just become a victim and just stay stagnant and not go through that work. But actually seeing you go through it mm -hmm. is, is incredible, man. No, thanks, brilliant. Yeah, but yeah, I think I think. So Kieran did a talk at the last event and it was something that really like hit home to me was the authenticity that he sort of had. And I think to become the best you can physically and with your fitness, 
So you, you can you can sort of be in a bad place and still perform well, but I think to to perform at your best, you need to be authentically yourself. And the only the only way you can do that is by really digging into yourself. And I feel like something that he he showed well during that, and that I took took from it was how authentic he is. And I think that's where you can sort of just grow absolutely massively. And again, from that point, again, digging into right, how can I authentically be myself? And if I don't know who that is, then I can't. And since that since that happened, that's when again it just everything just ramps up even quicker. And I, with the mindset, just skyrocketing and again with the fitness then it just follows suit because you're just more calmer in, in the gym rather than using all that negative energy to push like a session and you feel really pumped and things like that but then when you can go in there with the calm mind and actually it's it's weird you wouldn't think that just by slowing things down just with your thoughts in the gym that it'll actually make you perform better but just calming yourself down in there taking those deep deep breaths when you need to set those deep breaths um yeah i think that's just the, that's one of the keys one of the mm -hmm. the gold dust is that perfect mate no brilliant i know you were saying as well that you knew christian beforehand you knew him obviously from the military mm -hmm. what was it specifically about ready for anything that you chose to come work with us was there anything that stood out in particular so obviously knowing christian that's where i, lo I looked into it i wouldn't have probably seen it otherwise if i didn't know who he was unless I don't know reached out I don't I don't know if, if that would happen but I think that what what stood out stood out for me was just the, the actual fr the phrase ready for anything I think it's like big for me and especially within the military that's that's what you focus on is that no matter what happens at any point you've got you've got to be ready for anything um and it, it's sort of how I want to live my life is you want to become you want to become fit enough to be able to deal with anything. You want to be strong enough to be able to deal with anything. You want to have the mindset to be able to deal with anything. And I think I sort of liked that. I think for me, when I look at things, people's values and companies' values is, is quite a big thing. Um, and that's just what I sort of got a good feeling of. And again, I knew Christian. And also I was a coach myself. So I actually wanted to learn from someone that's walked, walked my path um, that I wanted to walk. Uh, someone that's been in the military and left and has bettered themselves again it's something that i wanted to do so yes i wanted to get fitter but the main reason really is is that i wanted to become a better coach and understand it so that's that's happened massively um in a, in a lot of ways again it's like so many different areas that it, it's helped but that that was one of the reasons why i wanted to join in the first place i thought yeah i know what i need to do anyway so that's fine but i, I don't know much about the, the coaching side of online coaching. I need mm -hmm. to learn from someone that's in a better place, that's walked through that journey. Um, and then my fitness came out, out of that um, and my results, which I just didn't expect. But there was a next level that I hit because of that extra level of accountability. Yeah. For someone who's maybe not an online coach watching this and they've maybe seen a bit about Ready For Anything, what would you say to them? I would, I would say... Because ready for anything isn't it's not no. just online coaches. No, there's, well. there's, yeah, there's loads of loads of people. It's not. It's, if if you come into a point in your life where, like I, like I mentioned, that you want to be, you just got that thing inside you that always just wants to be a little bit better, and you feel like you're doing it. You you're not really doing it if you're not outreaching to someone else that can help you do it. That's the way I sort of see anything that's investment based. Is yes, I could get to a decent standard on my own but I'm not getting to the best standard I could possibly be because that would be with someone that, 
that could help me. Mm-hmm. It's the same with everyone that's got a coach, like tennis tennis players, they've got, got a coach. Anyone's got a coach to get to that higher standard. And I think if you're serious about being better, you need a coach or else you're not serious. If you say you don't have, you can't afford it, you don't have the money for it, it's because it's not a priority. So it's, you're not, you're not going into it all in. You, you care about something else more because that's what you're prioritizing your money with. Um, so that's why I see it. But it's also that, again, if you're in that place where you want the progression, not just physically and fi- with your fitness, with your life. So say you're not happy with your job and you don't have the confidence to get out of that job or to progress with that, you should sign up because you're going to grow that mindset that you don't you don't even expect, you don't even know what you're going to be thinking in six months' time of just being around people that are constantly bettering them themselves it's it's a weird it's a weird one that you unless you've done it before you don't appreciate so yeah. definitely have you ever did you ever work with a coach before us so i've had a mentor for the business um and then we've had personal trainers within work but it's it's nothing like this 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 is my first coach um and yeah and i've never been part of a community either that's again dr- to drive results mm-hmm. and to make you better and obviously, you don't stay in Scotland, as you can tell probably by your accent and stuff like that as well, yeah. but you've actually made it along to so many events um, up here in Scotland as well, which just shows you how committed you are as well and how much you want to be a part of the community. How much has that community helped you and how much have you resonated and kind of bounced off it as well? I think it's massive. massive. Like I said, from the event, the amount that you can just learn from that. But with the people as well, especially if you've, you're in a sort of place where you do feel like you're the only person that's supporting your journey. It's not necessarily that, that there is people that support my journey, but a, a lot of times you can sort of close, close it off to the, the people closest to you. So you, you want to get, get somewhere, but you don't really share that with a close proximity. Whereas you join a community, they're all doing it. It's just, I feel like it's easier to share because people understand you, what you're saying and, can agree with you a little bit more yeah. is when you try and share with people that don't understand it, it can be a bit more difficult and then it get you get a negative impact like with me quitting my job people just don't understand it they just feel like i'm throwing my life away but i'm not so whereas I share that in within the community yes it, it could be like you could feel like oh well they're gonna say that but it's, it's not because they're all encouraging each other together and you just get just so much good energy mm. and it's it's an essential part is just getting that good energy. It's like a, it's like getting a session in with someone. Like we go train with someone else, you almost like lift each other up. Yeah. You train a little bit harder, and it's the same idea here as well. Like being surrounded by people who are not necessarily on the same journey as you, but it's always like all these paths have just crossed mm. at the same time, and you're all heading in kind of similar directions. Yeah, and you can see people who are further ahead of you, and you can see what they're doing, and you can bounce ideas off them, and almost gives you a little bit of comfort knowing that they're there and they've been through what you've been through mm. and you can see it and go right it's going to be okay like mm-hmm. everything's going to be good but then you can also bounce ideas off them and find out what they've done and they can tell you any mistakes they've made along the way and you can you can learn from that as well and i yeah. think that's one of the biggest parts of the community as well is that being able just to to share things with other people and learn mm-hmm. from other people and that's one of the things that I've tried to do as well with all you guys is share what I've learned and share any mistakes I've made so that you all can all be aware of it and mm-hmm. don't do the, the stupid stuff that I've done in the mm-hmm. past as well. 
one of the the biggest or one of our success foundations we've got seven inside Ready Friend and the number seven is actually discipline and I was having a conversation with someone I think it was probably about a year ago now and what he said was people who are either in the military or have done martial arts you can tell who the people are because they have got extreme discipline what's your thoughts on that? So I would I would say you, you probably can tell if they've been through and not not necessarily the job or yeah. martial arts to learn because you have to be a sort of disciplined way. Basically with both, you have to be told what to do and you have mm-hmm. to do it. So I think there's that training within yourself that you just do what you're told to do. And it, it's the same with mm-hmm. in martial arts and the military. So you, you probably can identify it. It doesn't mean that different people from different walks of path can't be disciplined because mm-hmm. they can, but they've had to, had to have gone through something that they've had to tell themselves, I need to do this, so I'll do it. So that's, that, I would say most people in the military and most people doing martial arts would have that mm-hmm. already, but it doesn't mean that someone else wouldn't. Because Yeah, you know. definitely. How would you go about, if someone was looking to say, I want to be more disciplined, how would you go about, kind of not giving advice, but if you were to start again, how would you do it? So in terms of developing discipline. Again, I think I'll go back to this sort of when we're talking about community and talking about people's mistakes. What you also, everyone needs to understand is that everyone still makes mistakes now and that people are still going through things now and they're not perfect. And I think a lot of people don't become disciplined because they tell themselves they can't. I'm not a disciplined person. Whereas every single person that's disciplined has those thoughts that go, I'm not going to do that. So to become disciplined, first of all, appreciate that every single person that is disciplined will think the same way you're thinking, but they'll just get it done anyway. You've also got to understand your goal and what what you're actually trying to achieve and why you're trying to achieve it, or else you're not going to be disciplined because you're not going to have enough weight towards why you want to achieve that. Um, And then I think it's structure and having a a plan in place of when you're going to do it reducing the friction it's not necessarily because people go on about motivation you've got to full-on take motivation out of the equation when it comes to discipline and the way to do that is just plan it in reduce the friction as i always think about when i do work at home on the laptop with this one because i have a coffee table that laptops in and if it's underneath the coffee table in like the the drawer that comes out there's that little bit of extra friction that will stop me from doing it whereas if I'm disciplined to get it out I'll do the work so it's just a case of reducing that the friction of it and just knowing when to do it and just getting it getting it done I know it's easy to say just get it done but you've got to reduce the friction to be able to do that I think yeah, it's all these wee little things as well it's like putting your clothes out at night before you go to the gym exactly. in the morning it's like you you have like these wee kind of traits that you do and mm-hmm. little things that you put in place to ensure that like there's as little friction as possible so that you you actually go to do it mm-hmm. all you need to do is just do the thing exactly that, that's that's probably the nail on the head is especially with like the gym kit it's like I'm not disciplined because it's a trait that I just do what I'm told to do all the time it's because you learn to find ways to make yourself do it easier and the, just getting your gym kit out ready is, is another one if you know when you're getting from work or if it's in the morning say you're training in the morning this is what I do my kit's already there. If I know I've got to get all out the drawer, find it. When you wake up and you've got no energies to do that, 
you're just going to close your eyes again because you know all you're telling yourself is right as soon as I open my eyes I've got to go to that drawer I've got to go oh, that no whereas it's there you just put it on and I just turn up at the gym and then before you know it you, just, you get moving yeah it's reducing that stress reducing yeah. that energy as well and you don't want to be exactly. using up your energy right at the start of the day having yeah. to like find a pair of shorts underneath a pile of washing and things oh, exactly. like that and it goes it goes deeper that was one thing I always um, tell everyone and what I tell my clients is showing up is the first thing so if you think so you get programmed in a really big session and you, you wake up and you don't have much energy and you think, oh, no, I've got to do this whole session. Again, you're overthinking it. To be more disciplined, your rule should be show up. As soon as you show up, you're probably going to put the work in. But what you've done is you've just trained yourself as the the main thing is to show up. That's what's creating the discipline. The session, completing the session is not the discipline. It's showing up and then nine times out of ten, you're going to do the full session. So break it, break it down. Just the rules should be just showing up. Hundred percent. Is anything surprised you since you joined RFA? I think definitely the person I'm now to when I joined up in such a short space of time is just a massive surprise. I can't even think back to sort of the way I used to think about things. Um, again, surprised that I quit my job. <laughs> For me, I. Although I had a point where I said, right, as soon as I earn enough money off my coaching, that I'll I'll quit. Um, I probably would have never done it because it needed a person for me to become, for me to make that decision, and, and that's what surprised me the, the most is how quickly sort of I progressed with that with that side of things. Um, I just didn't expect. I thought I was in a good spot anyway. So the, the biggest surprise is just how much it's changed my mentality. Mm. That's the thing as well, like when you started working with us, it's not like you were in a place of pain. Mm. It was more frustration, I would say, in terms oh, yeah. of you know you're capable of more. Mm. And I think that's where a lot of people currently are sitting, especially like guys, well, and girls as well, but guys and girls that have maybe been training for a bit of time, they've been lifting weights, but they just know there's something more. They, they know mm. that this isn't it. Like They know that there's got to be more to mm -hmm. it than this rather than just what they're doing right now and I think being able to see that and other people and being able to see like the the progressions that they could have is really empowering because that was one of the things that I done so I don't know if you actually know this about me but I, I used to do Taekwondo I used to do mm -hmm. it pretty competitively as well and after it I was a bit lost and at the point I was like I'm just going to go to the gym train hard done that and I loved it it was so good and, mm -hmm. and it got to a point where I was like hey, I need something more because that thing that I'd, I'd had, that kind of purpose of training to go to big competitions wasn't there anymore. Yeah. I now needed something else to to work towards. Mm -hmm. Not because it was like, I need to be working towards an event. It was, no, I need to go and fig figure out how capable I am and yeah. figure out what my potential is. Mm -hmm. And I think there's a lot of people out there who are sitting on that mm -hmm. and they're in this point of like, unsureness. I don't even know if that's a word, but they're sitting in this point of unsureness of whether to, to stay where they are, be comfortable in mm. that kind of fear position where yeah. they are staying the same, but then they've also a, a fear of putting themselves out there and trying something new because mm -hmm. going all in is quite scary Yeah, for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And rightly so, it is, it is scary because you are going to put yourself out there for something you've never done. And I think that's what the fear is. The fear is that you don't know if you're capable of it, mm -hmm. but... You don't know what you don't know, so yeah, exactly. there's only one way to find out. Mm -hmm. 
that yeah, that's it. And what we mentioned about with both of us with our with our jobs, when you get that little bit of fear, that's that's what what you need. So if you if you're feeling that fear, is it's, it's good. It means that there's something inside of you that do you know what I mean that wants wants that more, and you you have to pursue that, or else you're going to constantly have that. If we talked about if you have you have scared, which is sort of good, but then you have like the dangerous, and we yeah. said that the dangerous is just not doing anything. So you, yeah, you could have security now for the rest of your life. And when you talked about if your life was a film or something, would would you actually have enjoyed watching your life back? And if you don't feel like when you get to the end of your life and look back and it's been enjoyable, there's not going to be much point in it. Whereas if you if you did that, if you if you did everything that all these risks and if everything went bad and or like at least when you look back, you've got so many memories that would be great to look back on. Mm-hmm. Um, it's what I call future-based thinking. So you're yeah. thinking about like who you're going to be in the future, and I often think as well, what's the story you want to tell mm. in the future? Do you want to tell the story of being in the same job forever, or mm. just going not just going to the gym, whatever times a week? That's that's totally fine. But like, do you want to be telling the stories of all these event, all the events you completed, or when you got in insane shape for? a holiday mm. and then also managed to maintain it coming out and then you look like that for the next five ten years mm. it's about like what's the story you want to tell as well and also when you were saying there about it being dangerous when you're in that spot like later down the line and you think you're looking back and it's when you're asking yourself what if and this is mm. you probably heard me speak about the what ifs before and it's yeah. one of my favorite things to think about and it's reducing the number of what ifs in your life mm. And thinking about is this a what if moment? Is this something that later down the line I'm going to think, what if I'd just done that? Mm. And that's one of the things that I'm on, and I'm or I'm working towards as well. And I'm trying to encourage all you guys as well to so think about that and think about what are those things and use that in your decision making and, and look at your life and look at the the trajectory that you're on and how can you actually control that to then go and reduce the number of what ifs in the future. Mm-hmm. It's quite a scary thought when you actually put it yeah. down there, but, but it's, lot, it's the work that a lot of people don't want to do, though. Exactly, and it's it's really good that you bring that up because I feel like that, that what if comes up in so many times, and whenever you even think that, I feel like that's why you, you should choose to, to do to, to do something like you mentioned that. So I live about three hours away on the train, two and a half hours on the train, and it's every time there's like an event or something. Like, oh, so if I don't do that, nothing nothing will change. Whereas if I just make the effort, even though it's going to cost money and things and a go, something could happen out of it. I could gain something. Um, and I think, again, part of training the mindset and things like that, especially with how it's trained within RFA, is that you've, you, you're training yourself to make those decisions to say, I'm going to do it. You become an action taker rather than someone who just sits on the thought thinking, oh, maybe I should get a coach, it might help me. And then you just do that 10 years later and you go, oh, I probably should have, like 10 years ago. Whereas if you actually do it, you don't know how much that's going to help. And, it, and again, you've trained yourself to go, whenever I need to take action, let's take action. So whenever an event comes and I feel like I can't be bothered going, going to it, it's like that's not my thought process, it's like I, I go. It's just you constantly, I just take action, let's take action. And just think about anything in, in life, if you can just take action without actually having to think about it constantly, how much your life's going to progress. Some decisions might be incorrect, um, but you'll have a story or a memory. That's, yeah. how, that's how I see everything now. So whenever you get that, what what if, what if, just do it. 
And I think that's it's a, it's a big thing, especially um, if you're wanting to become better and pro like progress all the time. I think you've just got to say yes every single time. Like, what if what if comes? I like I love that film. Yes, man. Obviously, he takes the the next next level. But I think there's a lot of ta- a lot of things you can take from that, and a lot of opportunities that you can gain from just saying yes. And if not, you've just got a good story. I think as well when you're in that point where you are thinking about investing in yourself, and it's and then you're kind of on the fence, and you're like, I'm not sure. It's almost like I don't know if you ever heard this phrase before. It's like mental masturbation. And it's saying like, oh, I could do this, I could do that, mm. but not until you actually go and doing it. Yeah. Are you doing it? You're still yeah. stuck in this point of being mm-hmm. like not achieving your fullest potential. And that's like the one of the worst things I think as well is like knowing that you have potential. Yeah. But then not fulfilling it. And it's quite sad because I know so many people that have so much potential, but they're maybe not going for it as much as what they should have. And I and I can see it in people. And that's one of my, one of the things it really scares me, people that like it scares me for myself knowing that I could choose not to fulfill my potential. Mm. That's a thought that really scares me. But I know that if I take action, I'm going to get closer to it mm-hmm. as well. And that's one of the, the things that I've been really thinking about and I've been really trying to communicate and get all, all you guys as well to think about is like, what is your potential here? Mm. How can you go and actually develop that and work towards that mm-hmm. as well? Yeah, I'd say, say with, with potentials, like I, like I mentioned earlier, it's like you don't even know what your potential is. You could think, oh, well, I could get to this standard, but you probably smash straight through that. One thing that um, you speak about a lot is that the, the glass ceiling, just and then just removing any barriers and any visor that's in the way. And that was a massive thing for me. Was I always thought there was a limit, and like now there's there's not. It's like, what is what is my potential? It's it's a question mark over that. It's how 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 high how high can you go? Yeah, so. definitely. It's once you get them, remove those glass ceilings, and that's not hard. Or oh, sorry, it's not easy. It is quite hard. Like you have to actually do the work to do it. And mm. I don't know if you've you probably heard me talk about my whole journey with running, where I told myself I wasn't a runner. Like I used to hate running. Yeah. And then once I actually challenged that belief and actually worked on it and worked in the way I was speaking to myself, and that was the main thing. It was the way I was speaking to myself, and I was saying that I'm not a runner. I, I don't. I, I don't need to do running. It was almost like an arrogant thought where I was like. Mm don't need to do that mm. or they train four times a week but actually challenging that thought is what actually allowed me to go and do what I'm doing just now as well mm-hmm. and it's not until you actually challenge the thoughts that you've got challenge the beliefs that you've got as well I think that you actually realise who you want to be as well because yeah. your beliefs are often shaped by the people around you your environment what people have told you in the past and you take them on a lot of time just as it's like kind of standard and defaults and your beliefs that you have at this point aren't always necessarily yours. There may be someone else's that you've maybe just went, yeah, yeah, it's, mm. it's mine as well. Mm-hmm. And it's not until you actually realise and think, wait a minute, I, I don't know if that's, if I agree with that. I don't know if that actually resonates with me and you actually yeah. look at like what you value as well and then you realise that I need to be doing something different here. Mm-hmm. I need to go and actually change the way I'm thinking and change the way I'm operating. Mm-hmm. which is a pretty intimidating thought at times because it's almost like you can feel as if you, what you're doing right now is wrong but it's not it's just you don't know that yet yeah. you've not been through that phase mm-hmm. of your life yet 
and again it's back down to like action taking it's like unless you start saying yes to some other things and investing in yourself and doing a bit more you're never going to get that change mm-hmm. so i think that's that's massive what are you working towards at the moment what's your your big goal or so goals obviously, so obviously i leave um so my last day in work is the end of may i'm out there in september but the, my biggest thing now is with with my coaching i was taking that full time in terms of like the goals there's obviously financial goals but then personally i'm just on a like a, a path now of finding out how, who i am constantly um and I, I just love the mindset type of thing so all my goals are quite mindset relate related with how i deal with a certain situation how can't i stay in situations and things like that um so though yeah there's like financial goals and goals in life yeah a big goal a goal for my me massively was over the last year was that calmness i'm quite i was quite reactive so it's still a, still a journey now of figuring out who i am and i think that's constantly what it's going to be um and that going through life how i want to go through it rather than like you mentioned like with stories that you get told when you grow up this is how this is how you live your life it's a case of i just want to figure this out myself and no matter what happens that I'll, I'll learn something from it or it'll, it'll make me better anyway so although it's a bit of a broad goal that is that is it i've just constantly looking at life in a different way yeah more of a how i'm actually feeling about waking up each day mm-hmm. that that's i know it's a bit of a broad one but no it's good it's a good answer how do you deal with kind of negative emotions and not negative thoughts but when almost like the feeling of when you can't be asked how do you deal with that kind of feeling so again it's um i see the way i picture everything is like you know on the on the stock market and people talk about like lines not being linear and things but whenever you get to a high point you always know that you're gonna have to come down a little bit so whenever i'm in those moments i always go well this is this is because i've got to a really high point that it's it's happened so accept that you're feeling like that because no one feels good 100 percent of the time there's like no stock goes through the roof for 100 percent of the time it's going to come back down so when you're in that moment it goes I always think to myself, because I'm in this moment and I'm in this negative thought, if I can overcome this, I'm going to go for a higher high again. And it's just a constant cycle of that. And I feel like, again, mentioned at the start, the higher you want to go, the more, not pain or in suffering you're going to have to endure, but there is there's a cer- certain level. So I, whenever I'm in those moments now, I see it as a, as a good thing. And I'm not saying that I just love pain and things like that. <laughs> I just know that it, it's, going to, it's going to change and it's going to make me a little bit better once I get through it. Um, so yeah that's sort of how I deal with when I get the negative thoughts it's it's impossible not to get them so it's like I accept that I've got it and I know when I see the other side of it that this means I'm going to go through past where I was before I was listening to a podcast yesterday and it was, it was actually a do crypto right but what the guy was saying was that when you buy like something or a stock and you, you write down how you feel when you do it mm-hmm and then look at it in 24 hours and see if you still feel the same. And it, there's a good chance that you you won't feel the same in, in 24 hours, but you, just to show that your emotions can actually change in such a yeah. short space of time. And you also talked about Kieran earlier on, and one of the things that he says a lot is that you're always two days away from feeling at your best. Yeah. 
So when something does happen to you, two days later, you, you don't know exactly what's going to be happening. You could be feeling 100% after that. And mm-hmm. it just kind of highlights to me that these things are fleeting. These moments of negativity or not feeling great in yourself it is a fleeting moment. And it obviously ebbs and flows, like you said, and using yeah. the kind of stock market kind of trend is a good one. Mm-hmm. Good way to visualise it as well, because a lot of the time we, we kind of don't visualise our feelings in kind of highs and lows. We just kind of think of it as the feeling. Yeah. And we can when we actually take that step back out from it and look at it in a kind of different angle, we can actually see what it actually is. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's like you don't know how, Lloyd said like two days there, you don't actually know how long the duration is going to be. So it's always important just to, to keep things ticking over again. And this is why I always think like structure and discipline is so important because even when you're in these low moments, if you can still do exactly what you do in the high moments, again, this is why mo- motivation needs to be out of the equation because even if you're in that low, mo- low moment, it could have been for six months' time, you've still made exact, exact same progress as you would have made if you're in a high like moment. Um, and the, yeah, and again, you're constantly telling yourself then this is just what you do. This is who you are. It's, you've got to understand your values as a person to be able to to get through all, all that. So it's, I think, and again, <laughs> we'll talk about Kieran again. He, he mentioned it in the event. It's like, do you know what you, your values are as a person? Because if you don't, how do you know what your purpose is? So if you dig into that, you're going to create more discipline. And again, when you're in the low points, you go, well, this this is me. And again, just use those low points to dig into yourself, to figure out who you are more and more. So, mm-hmm. I think if you're not clear on what your values are, you need to get clear on it because yeah. that is a, a recipe for sleepwalking, mm-hmm. I think, if you don't know what your values are because then from your values is your, your beliefs, from your beliefs is your actions mm-hmm. and your thoughts are all in there as well. And if you're not clear on what these values are, everything else is going to be out of line yeah. and it's not going to match up and you're going to end up in a place of resentfulness in a place of the place where you don't want to be basically mm. so you need to get clear on what these are as well yeah and that's like when we were talking about um, when you, you just know that there's, there's something more and you, you just want to progress more that's probably because one of your I mean, your, your values inside you're, you're going against what your values are but you don't know that because you haven't taken time to think. So if your values is I'd, I'd, progress or something could be a value, but if you're someone, for me, like leadership is a massive, massive core value of mine, which ties into like being constantly progressing and things and just walking a path to help other people walk it. So whenever I'm making a decision, like I saw with my job, it's like, I'm not doing that in this job. So that's why I didn't like it. So t- the decision was easy. When I look at the actual values of how can I become a better leader, I've got to be someone that's gone through this hard time of quitting the job and take a little bit of suffering and learning because that makes me a better leader. So every decision you make becomes a bit of an easier one because you know that the decision's the right one, even though it might not see it to other people, but they don't have the they might not have the same values as you, as you. You're your own person, so I think you have to dig into the, those values. Yeah. Bring that down. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> Joking here. I'm sure wide as well because obviously we've both got high rocks next week and I'm mm-hmm. starting to get a pure coffee and I'm like, uh, no, that's better not happen, but feeling all right. You're talking about leadership there as well. I think that's a really important one as well and it comes down to like how you define it as well because 
some people I think can have the same values but different meanings of it which I think is amazing as well and it just goes to show how different people think as well because mm-hmm. I often think leadership is like for me personally it's leading by example mm-hmm. like that's one of my biggest things in leadership is like I'm leading by example mm-hmm. who would I look up to if I look up to someone I want to be I want to see them doing it as well yeah and that's what I try and do and, yeah and show that off and be like if you want to can I get to the same position that I'm mm-hmm. in or you aspire to be like that this is the, the type it. of thing you need to do as mm-hmm. well if you could describe one if you could describe one word if you could describe ready for anything in one word what would it be growth growth love that yeah why growth so I think again pretty much what the whole conversation's been about but for for me it was if I wanted to grow it was a sort of key turning point that really made me understand that you have to sort of take upon these these investments in yourself or these changes in your life to really grow and I think that's what it sort of stands for is it, it will help you grow as, as long as you I think it's probably similar to a lot a lot of things you decisions you can make but RFA in, in itself in the community the coaches the whole thing is to help you grow not just physically and with the fitness we've mentioned about that mental side of things that progresses you with your job or changes your job makes you figure yourself out more growing who you are in all, all those aspects I think growth sums up reasonably well there to be honest no that's a really good way of describing it and I think that I know we kind of touched on this as well, but I think when people hear the word online coaching, they're like, training plan, nutrition, WhatsApp chat. That's mm-hmm. what they assume it is, but it's way more than that, isn't it? Yeah, I think to, a lot of people know what they need to, to train and how they need to train and the nutrition they need to have. So it's I would say online coaching is not none of that. Because that's that's provided, but it's is it's the people, uh, it's the coaches, it's the community, but just that constant support by someone that can just push you a little bit more all, all the time. Whereas I think personal training one one to one, although it's it's good, it's more of a for me. If you're someone that's not familiar with the gym and things like that, and you want to get to the the basics, then it's it's all right. But online coaching is that twenty four seven someone that's going to keep you accountable and push you and have that community and I think that's what it is it's not online coaching it's it's, it's community and coaches that want you to grow and thrive 100% 100% yeah no I love that what well, you, I thought you were going to say something there but you're getting no, 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 some <laughs> have you found sitting on your first podcast enjoyed it and I hope it's the start of many more it's good to go and do something like this and it's good to give you the recognition and good to give also everyone else Megan and Jordan that we've had on as well and that's one of the things that we are really trying to do with everyone is like give them something to aspire to in terms mm-hmm. of having this opportunity to come and actually sit and, and tell their story and let other people hear it as well because you can get kind of you can only tell so much through an Instagram post yeah like not everyone and because obviously you live further away as well people probably it's not like people can give you a quick text and go do what me up for a sh- session yeah, next Saturday exactly. like it's good for you to come on and actually get it all out and tell us all about your journey because people aren't going to be as, as exposed to what, what you're going through as well mm-hmm. which is amazing 
No, yeah, loved it. No, we're not finished yet, don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> Got another couple of questions for you. What drives you to get out of bed every day? I think it's that constant pursuit of just wanting to figure myself out, wanting to be better, wanting wanting to, wanting to again, be a, be a leader. So I've, I've got a daughter and it's a case of if I'm not going to make these choices, how can I expect my daughter to make the choices? Like, we know a life that you want for your kids that they'll, they'll make these decisions and become really good humans, but we just put them off ourselves. It's a case of I've got to get up. I've got to figure myself out, learn what's what's good, what's bad, take risks, make memories, and it's a case of just constantly learning for myself, but for my for my daughter, for my family. I want to be that person in my family that's go up and every single day try to figure myself out and b- become better so then they can they can sort of gain from that. Again, be that leader. I just want to constantly lead and if I'm not getting up in the morning, it's not a very good leader. So, yeah. Is that one of the things that you think about is like how being a better dad can influence the way that you show up? Yeah, and I think... Like, does that influence your decision-making? Like, how can I be a better dad as well? Yeah, so it, it's it's funny because a lot of them thinking, how can I be a better dad? And a lot of people think that's the way I am with my daughter. To be a better dad, it's the way she looks at you as well. So I yeah, think 100%. that's a constant thing is I want her to be someone that gets up out of bed and pursues what she wants to pursue, have really good levels of health and fitness. So it's, I need to lead from the front and she's going to look at me every single day and see what I'm doing. Like she asks me about the gym and stuff all the time. She wants to come to the gym. She's come to the gym with me a few times and run around. It's like I've got to create that person that she looks at and copies because we mentioned about how important environment is and the stories that our communities and environment, parents, families have taught us as we go up, as we grow up, that she that she's going to be seeing that day in, day out. So it's massively important for her to see a, a good human. Yeah. I, yeah, I was going to say being a very positive role model for yeah. her as well and mm-hmm. being, being very inspirational because she'll look at you and be like, that's so cool, want mm. to do that. And obviously because of the age she is as well, she's four, so mm-hmm. she's just going to want to copy everything that yeah. you're doing. And again, that's another reason why one of my biggest goals is just being calm and learning to be calm and understanding my stress. Like I've been digging into that quite a lot to obviously prevent burnout and as much as I can in the future. So how, how do I deal with that? And I want her to be able to look at me and go in, something really bad has happened, but you stay calm because she's going to learn to stay calm in those situations. So it's, yeah, that's what gets me up every single day. I love that, man. That's really inspirational. And I think as well, as you get older and you actually start to look for these things and other people, and I've certainly looked at that as well, like for the future and stuff like that, like, how is this person acting as a dad? Because mm. obviously, I'm, I'm not that I'm having kids anytime soon, but I'm getting to that age <laughs> where you you start looking at these things and you start valuing different things, and you know that it's going to happen at some point, and mm-hmm. you start thinking about it. Like when the time comes, what's the type of dad I want to be, and who who do I want to be for them, and stuff like that. And you obviously like look up to your own parents as well, so much as well. Like one of the biggest things that that my dad gave to me and. Um, it was actually developing discipline. Like that was one of his, I know we've spoke about discipline, but yeah. that was one of his things. And I was saying to you, to you before as well, he, he's worked in the prison service for like 35 years, yeah. which is 
a long it's time. It's like the forgotten, the forgotten service. It's giving a wee shout out to prison officers there, but uh-huh. um, it's like the forgotten service. But in that role, it's very disciplined, very like you have to beat work at this time. You have to do this. Mm-hmm. You have to follow the procedures. And because he's been very disciplined, because I seen that growing up, I've been the same as well. And he was always into going to the gym. So that was like a big, yeah. big influence on me. Yeah, like yeah. he was going running, training after work, looking after himself as well. And that was like a big influence. So it goes to show like years down the line, like that's it coming to fruition. Mm-hmm. That's you seen that when you were younger. Yeah. Oh yeah, big time. Coming out. I speak to a lot of people, like there's so many people in the military and it's one thing I love about it, is so many different characters and things, but a lot of in common when we speak is that they look look back at their childhood and the way sort of their parents sort of influenced them. But during the whole sort of teenage, up to the teenage years, they don't really understand it until they get to a point where they're a little bit older and you sort of look back and go, wow, yeah, actually, that's that's what created who I am right now. So That's one of the things I've been looking at is like, what values have I got and Mm. Did, did, did that get installed in me from my parents and how did they install it and yeah. where did it come from it's mm-hmm. quite weird doing it because you're like oh my god how did I miss this like mm. but you don't obviously you don't know that until you actually get to like your mid-twenties and stuff like that and mm-hmm. actually start thinking about it mm-hmm. and you actually realise like what your parents have really done for not what they've really done for you but what they've actually helped you do as well because yeah. they've helped you along the way by installing these values in you and teaching you and just being positive role models for you as mm-hmm. well. Yeah. I probably don't give my mum and dad enough credit. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's <laughs> we'll move on to another thing that was big for me for helping myself grow is reaching out to like people like your parents. So especially with my dad, like I never actually really appreciated at the time actually how much he did. Like he set up a football team and cricket team just to, just so I can I can play. So he, not that he didn't want to tra- like try and travel um, and take me to clubs and things, but he did that and he did that for me. And it's like at the time, you sort of have a go at him and things, but I sent, like I, I've made it and a conscious effort to send him a message to say, actually, you know, I really appreciate that. And it's moving away from home for the last 10 years. Like it's something I just pretty much, not shut off my family, but rarely spoke to him. So uh, my brother, I was really, really close to my brother. It's like now a big thing, every single week I'll send him a message. And it's like, that is something that I'm sort of learning to do. And that's, yeah, it's something we don't do not do enough is actually appreciate people. We always think that people aren't appreciating you enough. It's like, why does no one appreciate that? It's like, how often do I actually appreciate people, especially like your, your parents? That even if you think they could, oh, they, they were terrible at doing this, they still created who you are and they've been through so, so much to get you there. I think parents are a really good example of of, the, of that and uh, yeah they need a bit of appreciation <laughs> definitely definitely final question for you today what would you say to someone who's maybe on the fence about joining Ready for Anything or thinking of getting a coach what would you say to them I, I said that earlier it's like if you are serious about wanting to live your life to the fullest I think it's it's something you just have to do I think to understand yourself if you're not making a decision like investing in yourself or being around people like this, you, you're never going to ever get there. Simple as that. Whereas if you make this decision now, you're just saving yourself years in the future because you will make that decision in the future. Or you'll just look back and go, I wish I did, but it's too late now. And then just not do anything. Um, so if you're on the fence, just just do it. And if after a month, like a few months, you hate it and you think it's the worst decision ever, then that, you mean you can 
you can see that then, but and, and I know for a fact it's not going to be like that. Um, with RFA, it's not a case of to get you good results. It's a case of they want to try and change your lives. Like everyone inside it, everyone inside the community, all the coaches, they don't just want you to become better physically and with your fitness. They want to change your life. Like with me, Christian actually was the one who instigated it with my job and said, you should probably quit your job. It's like, how many times do you have people around you that would say to you, you, have you actually? Why are you, why are you actually still doing that? So it's it's that level of challenge that you don't get day to day with people that I think, yeah, you just need to take that chance now. And if not, it hasn't worked. You're still in the same place, but I know it, it will work. Love that. That's a great answer as well. And I think you do need sometimes that outside influence to to say to you, why don't you yeah. just make the change? And as well, like it's obviously coming from a place of care like Christian obviously cares for you and stuff like that and not the only thing as well like we're going to tell everyone to quit their jobs when they come no. in that's not that's not part and parcel of it but as well it's just looking at the situation you're in and realising that what you're capable of and mm-hmm. what you're obviously passionate about as well but that was a great answer mate really appreciate that as yeah. well and that fundamentally is it and that's one of the things that while I think a lot of people get in become coaches is because they want to change lives and that's certainly what where the trend is it's about changing lives, mm-hmm. taking people to the become fitter, faster, stronger, operating on on new levels, mm-hmm. physically and mentally, and that's the biggest thing for us, definitely. Yeah. Now, like I say, we're sitting on the fence, so you you only know at this moment how much you know inside your head, so you don't know the the possibilities. Whereas you commit to something, there's other people that know the possibilities, and I think that's that's the key is that you only know how much you know. I know it like, sounds a bit weird to say, but other people know that there's far, far greater things that you can be achieving. Whereas you inside your head, you don't know the possibilities and you don't know if, if that's possible for you. So it's like you have to surround yourself with people who have had those moments and they still have those moments, but they're, they're now wanting to strive even further and further and further. So yeah, just understand that you've, the thoughts you're having in your head is what every single person within the program would have thought at one point as well it's quite a reassuring thought having yeah. that and I know that from a lot of the events and a lot of the different obviously our weekly call the power hour and from that a lot of the feedback that we get is actually it's nice to hear other people have the same problems as mm. me because you can become stuck in that way of like this is my problem no one else has it but you're human yeah you're human you're gonna have felt the same type of emotion like there's no way that you can go through life about feeling the same thing as someone else at some point. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I know I said that was the last thing I was going to ask you, but one other thing to say as well, tell us about the the workout that we, that we programmed for you last week. It's the double workout. The double workout you, you so done. I, I, gen, I generally, so it took me about, it was about an hour and 40 minutes or something like that um, of a workout. And I thought it was, it was double because it was an intentional double. So it was pretty much um, a run and then all the high rock stations times by two and then a max effort 3k at the end um and yeah i approached it thinking this is obviously to test sort of the way i should pace myself on the day so i gained a lot from it because i was able to obviously figure out right how how to pace the these um stations and actually i was saying to you that the first one i think took me like 38 minutes and the next one took me like 40 minutes so there was only like a two minute sort of difference of that 
I've done really well there. And then I knew out of the 3K at the end and that's that was a bit like, that was difficult. But <laughs> and it was good. what was it you were only meant to do like one round of it? Yeah, so it was meant to be one round. So it was probably going to be 40 minutes and then the, th the 3K run at the end. So it would have been in within the 60 minutes. But yeah, it took me about an hour, an hour and 40 in the end. How are you feeling after it? Not not too bad, actually. So it was, it was um, I normally have those conditioning sessions on a Saturday, but I was going away to Centre Parks on the Friday. So I actually did it, well, it was actually the Thursday night we went down there. So I actually did it Thursday morning as well. So it was like the, the last workout before I was I was going away, where I was just going to do my zone two runs whilst I was there. So I actually felt good because I was like, oh, I've just got oh, got my workout done, ready, ready. So I didn't really think anything different. I just thought, oh, well, it was a long, long session. So I was a bit surprised why it was... I mean, why why do we programming it so long? But. When Ailey told told me about it, and she was like, she said she put in a wee comment saying, eh, "You'll be glad it's tapering time now as well." Yeah. After that, yeah, she was laughing at it as well, and um, we were kind of joking that we could actually put anything in your true coach, and you'd do it. Yeah, like that's a good thing as well. We could put in like going to a marathon, but you're probably going to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would just think there's obviously some strategy behind it. So why question? I think at the start, with some stuff, especially when I first signed up to that first high rocks, I just wanted to get into the stations and figure out. Cause I would say like fifty percent of the stations I've never done before. Um, so there's a point where I would question it a little bit, but then since that point, I just do exactly what's on there. So that if an accident did happen, even if you put times four, I would have I would have done four rounds. And I would just again I would have just looked at it and going, well, there's so much I can still learn from this, and that's that's what. I always look at in every session is not not necessarily the fitness and physical side. Again, it's, we talk about like the positive self talk that I focus on, like the mental side of a, a workout. And again, that was one where right, there's two there's two rounds here. There's a ton of wall balls and ton of lunges, which I would say is like the most sort of difficult workout for me. But again, this is something that I can take from the mental side and just again that calmness to just pace it. Um, so, so yeah, I love that I'll attitude as well, and I know that. Especially Christian's been saying recently, like, do what it says on true coach as well. And yeah. if it says do a 70 minute run at zone two, do a 70 minute run at zone two, mm -hmm. don't do 50, don't do 60, do 70. So took that quite quite literally there and just went and done it. But yeah. I love that. And that's the attitude as well that we want to develop. It's, right, this is it. How am I going to do this? What am I going to learn from it? Mm -hmm. What am I going to take away? And how am I just going to become a better athlete overall from it as well? Mm -hmm. But yeah, but um, uh, just to add to that, it's like, and you're saying about doing what's on True Coach. One thing that I really tried to instill in myself was because what I found myself doing, to like, previous, was that say I had um, like a 750 meter run or a thousand meter run, I would just cut it like 10 minute 10 meters short, or say it was a four minutes of running, I'll do like 350. So like now I've been a case of right, I'm gonna run through it because I don't know why I was doing it, but it was whenever say you had like. Um, a run, a row, sled push or something like that in a few rounds. It would always be a case of, right, I'll I'll get up to, instead of one minute 30, I'll do one minute 20 and then I'll come off. And it's like, why was it, why was I doing that? So I've, I've instilled in myself to do exactly what it says and a, a tiny little bit a bit more. So I think that's it's a, it's a key thing that people need to do is that um, because it, it's, again, it's a, it's a habit. So it's like, why, why would you cut? the last five metres short. Yeah. But I think a lot of more people do that than Your brain will appreciate. play as many tricks on you as you yeah. can to justify getting yeah. out of that state of um, being uncomfortable and that state of 
discomfort mm. it'll do anything that's power to get yeah. you out even, of it yeah even make yourself feel like oh it's I know it's meant to be one minute 30 of running but one minute 20 is fine just come off but it's like well why, why am I doing that and it's like again focusing on the mindset it's like I'm just going to go through the one minute 30 and do one minute 31 <laughs> yeah it? definitely that's it and it's just about programming yourself and to actually just sit and do it mm-hmm. and I think that's one of the things that scare people is like doing the work like yeah. that's that is the that's the barrier it's just doing it yeah doing the thing doing the thing mm-hmm. better harder smarter and as you as said well. you're, you're training yourself to make that do doing the work you just train yourself mm. to do the work not because you want to do it i think again it's something that relevant to all aspects of life you train yourself to do it in the gym do that one minute 30 instead of one minute 20 when it comes to washing your pots it's like you're not going to leave that one plate on the side you're going to get all the plates then it's, it's, I think it's just, yeah, yeah that's a good analogy to have yeah. as well it's like you wouldn't do this in other areas of your life why are you doing it here why mm. are you cheating yourself and out of running that's actually going to benefit you as well like even though you might think oh it's only 10 seconds but if you do that over 8 rounds mm-hmm. that's over a minute yeah, yeah. which will add up and it will come in handy that's one of the things I always tell myself that how when I'm doing a lot of these runs I actually visualise myself on the day yeah. in my head like if I'm doing like a hard effort 1k into something else I visualise myself like going round um, the High Rocks mm-hmm. station and being like okay this is the 1k run this is what it's going to feel like on a day and then so it kind of makes it feel real rather than just I'm looking about the gym yeah, yeah. there's so and so over there doing doing curls or whatever but you can actually put yourself into that situation mm-hmm. while you're training as well that's good I haven't thought about that that's good. Thanks, That's something mate. I'll do in the in the future. Because if you imagine it like that, it's like, well, why would you do ten minute ten meters short? You won't be able to enter the next station. So, mm. yeah, pre- preparing yourself for it. Something like John Wilkinson always used to do one of his kicks, constantly visualizing the kick. So you've got to visualize probably the event that you're yeah. doing as well. So. That's what I heard him about the washing. The, have you ever heard the thing about him where he's talking about doing the dishes? No. And how like um, he was saying you've got to be like totally focused, you've got to be totally all in, in the moment and that's about him like visualising these kicks and he's like, it's, when when he was like at his peak playing, he was like, it was the same when I was like doing things like the dishes, I was like so focused on doing the dishes, nothing else around me mattered, mm-hmm. I was just concentrating on it and that was how he like developed yeah. all that as well and he, he was quite, he's quite an interesting character yeah. in terms it of It just that. shows, doesn't it, that if you're training yourself to be like that with a kick, you can train yourself you can train that part of your mindset for even if you're just washing, washing plates. So yeah, it's good. I'm going to have to look into that. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll speak to you about that yeah. later on when I heard it. But yeah, it's really interesting as well when you go and listen to like elite sports uh, men and women, yeah. how they develop all these little tricks mm. for their mind. Mm. Because you, they come from unusual places a lot of the time. I think like, even like, because they do a lot of like ritual things like that. I never see like a warm before as like a ritual or anything like that. Whereas now... I go into the gym in the morning, I'll do my warm-up and it is literally a primer to get my myself ready and I just feel like my, my brain just switches on and go, right, this is going to be a good session. It's like, and I think, again, that's what sports people do is they have like a little ritual or something and it just, it's a trigger for your brain to go, we're ready to perform. And I think, again, that's another thing you can take from elite athletes is, is that, th- that side of things. In everyday terms as well, like these triggers are like things we were speaking about earlier on like putting your gym gear out the night before mm. making your bag up prepping your lunch that's a trigger I think for 
success for a day. Yeah. Because you're then you're not having to worry about that energy that you're going to use up having to think like oh, where will I go for my lunch, where I go Greg's yeah. or Subway. Yeah. You're not going to actually have to use that that energy. You can use that energy elsewhere. It's probably going to be somewhere more useful than having to think about something that you've already decided in the yeah. past. And I think one big thing that I sort of developed was with my with my sleep. Again, it was sort of it was sort of similar. I was like, I, re- I read about only go to, only lay down in that bed if you're going to sleep. And it's like I have like sort of I go exactly at this sort of time. I do the exact same thing and I lay down and within like a couple of minutes I'm asleep. And I don't I didn't really know that was happening until I just full on got into this cycle. So my brain has been trained to go. It's time to sleep, and I've, it's so so important. Can I don't know if like ritual if is a better word for that because it's it's not like a ritual like a religious ceremony or anything. It's a, just a, a way you've trained or conditioned you, it's a habit. yourself. Yeah. Habit, yeah. It's like yeah. as well because if you fell if you fell asleep in the couch every night, you'd condition yourself yeah. to thinking, "I'm on the couch, right? It's time to go to sleep." Yeah. So it's definitely important stuff. Definitely. No, thank you very much for no, coming on today, and I really appreciate the effort me for coming up from England as well and excuse me it just goes to show as well where your priorities are and both not both but myself Christian and Daly now as well really appreciate the the effort you've made not just for today but for coming up to every event as well that you, you can obviously <laughs> so thank you very much for that no thank you I really appreciate the acknowledgement and the opportunity for me to come up here and just say a few words it's something that I've, you know, I've never done before so it's a good opportunity for me as well so I appreciate that Definitely. Thank you very much. For those listening, thank you very much for listening to Ben's story as well. It's been great to hear it and hear some of his mindset, tricks, hacks, and where he's at in his journey. And the journey he's been on as well. And there's only going to be bigger and better things for him in the future. And I'm really excited and also very grateful to be a part of his journey as well. If you've enjoyed listening to this today, please subscribe as well to the YouTube channel and also to follow myself at josh.readyforanything on instagram we've got christian as kdh.readyforanything on instagram and ails as ails.readyforanything on instagram but they'll be linked down below as well so you can catch us all there and if you have enjoyed listening to to ben's story and you want to follow his journey where can everyone find you at ben.optimumpurposecoaching on instagram perfect thank you very much